0: it's a phrase from popular movies it's also a question that comes up in our daily life the question is is that even legal we talk about the things that drive you crazy the things you won't believe and the things you need to know and understand i'm attorney bob sewell and this is the podcast is that even legal let's get started Today's guest in the podcast is Jesse Wolnick. Jesse is a partner at the law firm of Davis Miles McGuire Gardner. She's a specialist in real estate law. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I want to tell you a story, and I and the, the reason why I wanted you to come on is something I read on Reddit. And everything you read on Reddit is true, okay, just so you know. I mean I everything. <laughs> but Absolutely. I the, I read it and I was wondering if this is a real problem. Or if this is just some guy's one off and it's a guy from Arizona and he writes about a problem that his dad was having and his dad's an older guy and he leaves the country goes back to Europe and he's living in Europe and he leaves behind his house and about four years after leaving some fraudsters. Get a hold of his deed. And what they did was they forge a deed. They get a notary signature. They send it to some, you know, they deed it. They deed the house to some, you know, fake person. And then that fake person who must have had some good fake credentials sells the house. And now we got a problem, right? And the problem is more than one person thinks they own this house. And someone's out some money, and this guy is of modest means, and he's like, "I I can't afford an attorney," and so I don't know if I could fix this. And uh, there we have it. That's that's the that's what I see in this Reddit page. Is that real? Does this happen?
1: Absolutely, it happens, and I have dealt with situations similar to that just in the past year alone.
0: I would guess maybe at least ten cases that I handled, and I'm just one attorney. Okay, ten cases. That's a, that's a lot. Yeah. Are they all here in Arizona?
1: All in Arizona.
0: Okay. Let me ask you. Let me just some preliminary questions. When I, you know, when someone acquires one of these de- deeds, I am. Let's say I want. I want to buy this house and I buy from the fraudster, what have I bought?
1: A, a problem, a lawsuit. I mean, here's the issue. With deed fraud, I see so many variations. It can come in so many ways. Uh, for example, just you know, to take a step back and help people understand when we say deed fraud, what is that? That is when somebody steals your identity, forges your name on a deed and tries to claim that they are now the true owner of that property. And I I can give an example. It's sometimes perpetrated by these scammers, these fraudulent, you know, or uh, people violating the law and you don't know them. They're just somebody that is looking for this opportunity. But unfortunately, the statistics say more often than not, it's usually somebody you know and usually a family member. Ooh. And so we have to remember, it's not just some uh, unknown criminal hiding behind a computer. Uh, I recently taught a class to the um, certified fraud examiners in the state of Arizona and presented to you know, FBI agents, law enforcement talking about this, because this is obviously a real issue. Title companies are dealing with it. Banks are dealing with it. And the statistics I presented there showed, you know, a pie chart where uh, maybe 10% of the deed fraud was occurring by unknown individuals, what we'll call scammers. But the other 90% were usually somebody they knew. And a large chunk of that were their sons, unfortunately, and and then a portion of that daughters as well. So often it's um, children, siblings, and it's usually somebody they know. So it doesn't have to be a scammer. Now, the the scammers that we don't know, they're a little more sensational and frightening. And so that's usually what we hear more in the news. And uh, your Reddit story absolutely uh, occurs. I'm thinking of um, one recent uh, story where there was an individual, the, the house was vacant. And so that's usually one of my red flags that the um, criminals like to target those empty properties. And they, um, I don't know how they were tipped off on this particular property, but the scammer in a different state assumed the identity through fraudulent documents of the true owner um, took on that, that identity, and then from another state sold the house. And fortunately the true owner was alerted because she got a notice that uh, she owned several properties, but she was notified that one of her tax bills had been unpaid. And so she thought, Oh gosh, which one did I miss? And so when she went to do her search, that's when she discovered, lo and behold, somebody had transferred the deed to another owner. Okay. So it, it happens by strangers.
0: So I guess my question is, when the buyer buys, they've laid out cash, right? They've given it to the fraudster and it's good money. This Sometimes it's hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? They've yeah. laid this out. Someone's responsible for that. Right. But do they own does the buyer actually own the house?
1: They don't typically end up owning the house. I mean, you I've heard of some sensational stories where in another state, the scammers actually did go and take possession of the house. And it was quite an effort because it was vacant, quite an effort to get them out. But uh, I can give you a true life story right here in Arizona that I was retained for And it it was uh, a a deed fraud perpetrated by an unknown person. There are um, uh, properties that are more appealable to these criminals. So number one, for some reason, well, I guess I know the reason, but for number one, they like properties that are owned by, let's say, an LLC Hmm. and that are paid in full. Because then they think nobody is watching them. And if it's an LLC, it's a good chance that it was an investment property. So the true owner isn't living there. And so a lot of times I'll see it's uh, a property owned by an LLC or corporation of some kind. And it's often paid in full. So we had a woman who found six properties in Arizona that she decided she was going to try to uh, get deeded over to her. And she created six false deeds. Uh, she, she also committed identity fraud. So she stole the identity of true individuals. So they were also victims of this. Um, she acted as the notary, created her own fake notary stamp. And she, what she did is she cut and pasted a notary stamp from an online document and turned it into her stamp. And then she signed all the deeds using a program, a PDF program. That's very good that if you type in a name, it actually looks like a signature. It's a very advanced PDF program. So she fraudulently signs the name of the true owner as if conveying to the person that she stole their identity of. And then she stamped the notary stamp as if the signature had been notarized and then uh, attempted to steal six of those properties. Now, I do know on one of the properties, she actually showed up with a couple of people and said, hey, here's my deed, I now own this house, get out. And you can imagine the, the real property owner who did live in that house said, uh, he quickly thought on his feet and said, let, let me um, call my attorney, I'll get back to you. And he closed the door and didn't let her enter. And she thankfully went away without much more effort. And um, long story short, then I ended up with two victims of this. I, I have a very uh, fortunate connection to a lot of um, title company, um, uh, council and things in the state of Arizona. So I do get referred to a lot of um, these matters because I do a lot of these and I am able then to help resolve this. So.
0: And the, the title eventually gets back, if you could afford the attorney, the title eventually gets back to the true owner, right?
1: It, it, it does. It should. Yes, with some effort. And, and, and I can give an example. So for the lady that stole the six houses, one of the owners had a good title insurance policy that covered fraudulent activity on a deed after closing, after she, after the, the uh, individual purchased the house. So when he found out there had been deed fraud, he just filed a claim on his title insurance policy and he uh, was covered. They hired an attorney to assist him in getting his title cleared. Now, the other individual, he had gotten a more basic title policy, so he did not have title insurance for after closing um, deed fraud. And so he had to hire his own attorney. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes
0: sense that they get the title back. Right. Because and, you know, and, and it's not cheap because you got, someone's got to pay for the attorney work because, you know, the general rule is that when you have uh, uh, that, that fraudulent title cannot convey good title, that's a general law school rule. So the, the title comes back. But, not typically from what I understand, without a lot of legal work,
1: money and effort. And so I always say these poor individual individuals that are victims of deed fraud end up becoming victims again, because they likely didn't have adequate title insurance to cover these after closing conveyances, um, fraudulent conveyances. And so they have to fix it. Now, you know, there are uh, a lot of attorneys that, that I think would say, well, if you come to me and I see deed fraud, you're going to have to file loss- a lawsuit for quiet title. And that is definitely what I think the majority of the legal population would say. I have um, been able to fix all of the deed fraud cases that I've dealt with without litigation. How do you do it's that? So... Uh, what you had just said was there's a cloud on title. And so most attorneys will say, well, you have to file a lawsuit quiet title to get the court to declare the title is no longer clouded, but because of the efforts and experience I've had, I've discovered that if I can just get them clear title again through um, some affidavits and title insurance, I've, I've cleared their title and we did not have to file for litigation, which saved them thousands of dollars.
0: That's key. There, you said the word insurance, and I want to explore that a little bit because when after reading that Reddit article, I start doing my research. I start going down, the, you know, the rabbit hole, as if you will, and I come across this article in Forbes, and it says the deed fraud insurance is nothing but a scam. It does, this the, the deed fraud never happens. And you're going to be wasting your money and don't do it. How do you feel about that?
1: I disagree. I happened to read the same Forbes article. And I think um, if I recall, the individual that was was being interviewed was not even a real estate attorney. He was some um, some, I think, financial advisor or something along that line. But you know, he references having to hire an attorney, but he himself is not an attorney. I don't know why they chose him to, to interview, but I think he wasn't necessarily speaking from experience because in the example I just gave you, two victims of the same criminal, one had title insurance and they absolutely jumped in and got that title cleared for that individual. And the other one who didn't have adequate insurance had to hire his own attorney. And both of them, the deed fraud occurred years after they had purchased the property. So clearly there is insurance that can protect against deed fraud. A lot of people don't realize that there are varying degrees of title insurance that you can purchase when you purchase a house. Most people just buy the basic policy and and don't even think twice and, and don't question it. When I'm advising folks, it's Pennies on the dollar or more, uh, you know, uh, whatever the the difference is, it's nothing extravagant. And I would get the premium policy of the title company or title agency that you're working with because it's likely that there could be uh, after closing deed fraud protection. So it's worth asking. But I, I did not agree with that article because I give this example. The United States is the only country that offers title insurance on the chain of title. We're the only country that does that. And when we purchase a house, we usually go through escrow and we purchase a title policy. How many of us are ever making a claim on our title policy through the years? Very few of you. So if you're saying, well, we don't question it, of course, we would get title insurance when we buy a house. Why would you question adding for an additional dollar amount covering your house for any deed fraud after you record and, and close escrow and own the house. To me, it just didn't make sense why he would not recommend it.
0: I, I totally hear what you're saying about the Ford's article. I get it. But I'm driving down the road the other day, the, and the radio's playing, and I hear this commercial come on for, you know, t- for this type of title insurance, this type of deed fraud insurance. And frankly, they sounded like fear mongers. They didn't sound like they were actually selling me a good product. You know, they sounded like they just wanted to scam me out of money. That's what it sounded like to me. What do you think?
1: Well, I think, number one, everybody should do their own research and homework. Uh, you know, I can't say that those ads are what they're peddling or what product you're going to get if you respond to that ad. My advice is talking about title insurance through a title company. And I, I can add this, for example, whether or not you had defraud, uh, you may still want to update your title policy. And I bring this up when I'm helping these folks who I'm helping clear their title after fraud. One client I had has owned her house since I think it was 1985. And when she bought her house in 1985, her title policy was for $46,000. The house today is worth over $200,000. And so I told her, beyond just me clearing the deed fraud from your title, we're going to get you a new title policy and we're going to update it because if anything else had happened, any other event that would have caused you to file a claim on your title insurance, you would have only had a policy up to $46,000 because you didn't update it. Now, I'm not saying everybody needs to run out and buy a new title policy, but it does bring to mind that that is the added bonus. If you do get uh, an, an updated title policy, then it increases your amount to your current value. You, you also, a know lot what? of people ask me, well, "What about those commercials? Uh, you know, whatever names they're giving me, does this work?" And and it's usually an alert um, that that I hear is on um, the ad. Sign up for this, and we'll notify you if anything is recorded against your deed. And people are asking me, "Is that a good idea? Is that worthwhile?" I, again, I think that's a personal decision. I'm not going to say. Yes or no, one way or another. But I give this example. I know in Arizona, last time I checked, which was a month or two ago, Yavapai County, through the county recorder's office, allows their citizens to sign up for alerts anytime some document is recorded against their property. This is a free service. You don't even have to pay for it. So if you live in Yavapai County, I would go on today and sign up for that free service. And then, when any any document is recorded against your property, it notifies you. So then, my question is, is: Why are individuals having to pay this service to some private company? Why aren't the counties providing this as a service already to their citizens? Yavapai yeah, the County is doing it. So I just am curious as to why other counties aren't able to. And maybe it's coming. Hopefully, it's coming. But I I definitely like the idea um, because again the next question I often get is, well, how do I know? What, what signs should I look for? How do I know if there's deed fraud going on? You know, there are, are red flags. Sometimes individuals will get notice of an unpaid bill or get notice or, or maybe they realize they didn't get a bill. Where's my water bill this month. And that's because um, somebody who's trying to steal their house has gone and changed the mailing address. And so the true owner is not going to get those that the utility bill because they did a change of address,
0: you know, or, you know, it strikes me, it strikes me too, that the homeowner may already actually have a policy and not know it. Because when most homeowners go to buy, their real estate agent says, let me introduce you to my title insurance guy. And you say, oh, hey, Frank, hey, you know, Sarah, you know, whatever the, their name. And then you say, uh, the real estate agent says, and I recommend this policy or the uh, or the title insurance guy says, and this is the policy you need. And oh, Okay, that sounds great. You know, it's so exhausting to buy a house to get through the process. And whether or not that policy is $1,000 or $2,000, you really don't know what the cost is. So it, whatever that... Pr- that those professionals recommend is what you typically end up buying. So it strikes me that a little conversation with your the person your, your title insurance company that exists might be helpful.
1: Absolutely. I mean again this is something I deal with frequently. I can think of two examples. I'm dealing with a client right now who likely should be filing a title insurance claim for an issue he's having with his property. And I've asked him if he has a copy of his title policy and he doesn't. So I'm able to help him track it down through through looking at recorded uh, the deed and the deed of trust. And I can find out which title company helped him buy it. And then we track it down that way. I had another individual consult with me earlier uh, at the end of last year. And he has owned his house for many years and he ended up having a cloud on title. He was having an issue. And that gentleman had his original title policy with him, and he had been going through months of frustration and trying to get things resolved. And after he met with me for 30 minutes, we resolved his whole title issue because I was able to take a screenshot of the title policy he brought into to me, and I emailed it directly to the title company that was giving him an issue. He was trying to sell his house and resolved it within 30 minutes. Those title policies really can be critical.
0: I want to flip the script because we're talking about the poor homeowner who's been victimized thus far. That's and we've got given that person uh, a lot of advice: contact an attorney, you, you know, inquire into your own title policy. That's some of the advice. Possibly buy a new policy. Um, but I want to flip the script to the to the other victim in this because it's not just the homeowner; it's the buyer. Buyer comes in and lays out one hundred fifty thousand dollars, because remember this is an older home. They typically they typically victimize homeowners in home in areas that are gentrifying, right, and where the home has possibly been vacant for a while. That's a common target. So the buyer comes in, lays out one hundred fifty thousand dollars cash, and is looking for the fix and flip or whatever they think they've got. How do they get their 150 grand back?
1: The uh, one of the recent um, cases I had was exactly that. So an individual uh, forged documents uh, pretended to be the property owner, sold the property to an investor and they used a title company, thankfully, and uh, that was an investor. So he turned around and sold it, I think three more yeah. times within like a 24 to 48 hour period. So we had four victims within a two day time span. And so I did some things to immediately notify the title industry that there was uh fraud going on on the property. So no other victims would be added. And then I immediately called all of the title companies and said, your client has been a victim of deed fraud. And so it went through the chain. Now, sometimes, you know, it, and attorneys could work it out and say, well, let's just undo, you give back your money, you give back your money. But more than likely each of those buyers fortunately bought through, uh, through, through bought using the title company's services. So they were able to then make a claim on their title insurance and the title company will, will help cover and retain counsel to get them their money back. And okay. it all usually comes back to, um, in, in the one case, I'm thinking of, you know, the first purchaser, his title company's probably left holding the bag, so to speak, because they were the first to insure in that chain.
0: Okay. So, so that's why we buy insurance, right? Even as the buyer side. But, you know, one of the stories I came across was the investor who, I don't need an attorney. I don't need a title company. I'm going to just buy directly from the owner. I'm going to save myself the money. That person's screwed, right? Once they give over their their 150,000 cash and they get their fake deed and that is on the run, they're done, right? It's gone.
1: Likely, the the one where investors bought, you know, four times in a 24-48 hour period, the scammer uh was paid about $100,000. And by the time everybody figured out what she had done, yeah, the money was gone. Nobody's getting that money. And she, she, I understand that she spent it on some artwork on her body and some drugs and alcohol. So gone. You're not getting it back. <laughs> the, um,
0: that was a good use another, of your funds. OK, I, I, you know, there was a <laughs> there was a lot of judgment in what you just said there. And I, I don't appreciate it. The artwork and the booze is always. No, I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding.
1: And Um, then um, another deep fraud case I was involved with this. uh, This scammer was a little more sophisticated, he thought. And he tried transferring the money. And then, of course, there was a freeze on the accounts. There was an immediate um, court filing and the funds were seized from his bank account. And so that victim was able to get some of their money back. So it, it depends. I mean, there's so many scenarios. It's not always a vacant house. It's not usually some unknown you know, criminal. Yeah. And, and there's so many scenarios of how defraud occurs. It, it just depends yeah. how fast the victims are alerted to what's happening and how fast they seek counsel. Because unfortunately, for, for the victims, defraud is very complex. This is part of why I love it. Every deed fraud case that's presented to me, it's a new puzzle, and I quickly have to think about how I can resolve it as quickly as possible for them.
0: Yeah. Jesse, you know, this is the, the law for dummies moment, OK? Uh, give me the top red flags that I'm about to be a victim of deed fraud. Tell me. Tell me what they are.
1: Well, and just to clarify, it's not usually about to be. Unfortunately, it's going to have occurred before you realize hmm. it. So the red flags that you have been a victim of deed fraud, uh, number one, as I said before, maybe unpaid bills notice okay. because that could trigger you, your your uh, an indication of something has occurred with your deed. Number two, maybe notice of foreclosure and you don't have a mortgage on your home. That means somebody has stolen your deed and gone and taken out a loan to try to, to steal your equity. Hmm. Number three, activity at a vacant house. So if it is a vacant house and people start uh, milling about it, you know, neighbors should be aware and say, hey, Fred, you know, I noticed people are at your house. Did you sell it? Uh, and then number four, if you are living in the house and people start showing up, walking around, or I've had victims say, somebody knocked on my door and said, we own this house now, you're being evicted, get out. Um, that often is how some of my defraud fraud victims find out that somebody stole their, or forged a deed and tried That's to steal that.
0: So what do I do? I mean, I got these red flags, something's happened. What do I do?
1: Well, unfortunately, really, the best advice I can give is consult an attorney because as I said, deed fraud cases can be complex and I've never had to the same. There's always going to be different facts, scenarios, and activities. So really it should be, even if you can't retain an attorney to fix it all, at least a consultation with an attorney who could say, okay, here's what I advise, take these steps. Now, a lot of people will ask, well, I don't want to be a victim of deed fraud. What steps can I take to protect myself? So these are common steps that you can take to protect yourself. Number one, you can monitor your credit report. We know that we're supposed to get a free credit report, and I'm understanding you can space that out. There's three major credit reporting companies or agencies, and you can request a a free credit report every four months. So that would get you through a 12-month period using Experian or whatever the other two are. Spread it out so you could monitor your credit report. Number two, you can check the status of your deed. You can literally just go on to the County Recorder's website and check your your uh, name and see if anything has been recorded against your property. <clears throat> number three, as I said before, you could buy title insurance. That will help protect. And then number four, a little different twist. Some folks who have a property paid in full, I've heard some attorneys advise them to put a deed of trust on their property because... If there's a deed of trust, now you usually have to contact the lender that holds the note to to give you a deed of release. So if the scammer is using forged documents and trying to sell to somebody that is using a title company, likely then that's a trigger for the title company to realize, oh, hold on. This, this person isn't who they say they are. So some people encumber their property to some minimal degree, just so that it's another step that the scammer would have to overcome to to steal the house or the title.
0: Interesting. Hey, Jesse, thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's my pleasure. If I or someone else need to go to hold of you to uh, talk about my legal problem, my deed theft, whatever my real estate problem would be, how do I do that?
1: They can contact me. Uh, As you said, I work for Davis Miles McGuire Gardner. My email address is JWOLN, like Nancy, IK at DavisMiles.com.
0: Hey, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for listening to Is That Even Legal? Remember, this isn't legal advice. If you have a legal question for yourself, reach out to an attorney remember that we're fun, we're lovable, and we are here to help you. To my listeners in 62 countries across the world, if you have something you want to explore, email us at producer at evenlegal.com. And don't be shy about leaving a review for this podcast on your favorite podcast forum. See you next time.